0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 448. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Raystraw. Hey, Kevin. Hi. This week on the show, we'll be taking a look at Peter Strickland's latest Flux Gourmet, which is out now on VOD platforms. Uh, We're also going to be going over some of the watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, on VOD, and Blu-ray as well. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. New Save by the 90s is coming out uh, hopefully this week. I'm not quite done with the edit yet, but it is in the can. I'm about a third of the way done, so stay tuned for that. Hope to have that out this week. Who knows, though? really. My uh, work schedule's been wild lately, so we shall see. Let's get into our review. We're talking about Flux Gourmet. I have a synopsis here set at an institute devoted to culinary and alimentary performance. A collective finds themselves embroiled in power struggles, artistic vendettas, and gastrointestinal disorders. Um, so I'm just, just to, to preface my thoughts on this movie. I am a huge fan of Peter Strickland. I love, I love the, the influence that, that he has, or or, sorry, the influences that he draws from, uh, with like European exploitation and horror, um. I love his style. I think that he's one of the few people who can make these sort of modern films that evoke those 70s European films and does it in such a way that it, it honors them without being like, feel like cheap carbon copies. So I really like and respect the director. Uh, however, this movie, I just could not get into on any level whatsoever. And I just hated life while I was watching it.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, Well I'm right there with you. Uh, I like, I don't think I'm as big of a fan of, of his
0: as you are, but well, I, I don't know, man, after this one, I'm, i might be, cause I actually wasn't a big fan of, uh, what was the last one about the dress? What was it called? In, in in Fabric. In Fabric, yeah. I actually wasn't a big fan of In Fabric either. Like, I, I liked the first half, but the movie completely changes in the second half, and I was just not on board with it at that point, so I don't know, man. My, maybe I'm, I'm faltering a bit on him. Now, I'll say I didn't know anything about this movie going in outside of, like, food.
1: I knew food was involved. Yeah, same. In some way. And I, I think I just got confused or just my expectations, even though my expectations weren't really solidified in any way, shape or form, but just knowing that it's Peter Strickland and it was put out by IFC Midnight, I was thinking, okay, this is kind Mm. of like a horror movie, I guess, or something along those lines. And I just kept waiting for stuff to happen. Like, something of interest. Besides, guy, you know... Um, a guy one farting. Of my least farting. Pay- <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just... Really, it's... A little under two hours of my least favorite thing. Which is performance yep. art. And
0: just bad. Bad performance art. I maybe didn't really know what this was going into it either. I I also thought it was going to be a a horror film just because all of Peter Strickland's movies are horror movies for the most part. I mean, Duke of Burgundy really wasn't, but, um, yeah. So, and also like, if you do see the trailer, it looks like a horror movie, but, um, it's definitely not. It's more of a comedy, like a dark comedy than anything. Yeah. And you know, it just kind of pokes fun at, performance art and just the whole scene and you have these like uh, culinary artists that like hook up microphones and shit to like blenders and stuff and then they do these dumb little shows and you have a cast of relatively unlikable uh, shallow characters who contribute very little to the movie and overall it's just like a nothing burger of a movie really
1: Like it truly, it truly is I
0: mean you have a little bit
1: of the, the you know the power dynamics and poking fun at the performance art poking fun at patrons yeah and residencies and you know constructive criticism feedback the, the, all that the, 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 but like, the flanger just, whatever <laughs> the yeah. flanger you know So it's mostly centered around a flanger, and then I I already forget the name of the other band. Something snacks. Oh, they do stuff with Terrapins um,
0: Oh my god, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Man, mangrove, mangrove. They're doing there. Mangrove. Yeah, might be, might
1: be. But all of it is just. I just didn't find it engaging in any shape or form like it's just nothing nothing gripped me nothing was of interest nothing was engaging uh the only thing i did learn from this movie is that which i think somehow makes it a little bit worse is that peter strickland has been in a band called the sonic catering band since like the late 90s and that's what they do
0: yeah i i i is
1: my microphones and blenders and stuff like that. And I'm just like, Oh, so someone, not only does someone do this, but he does
0: this. I, yeah, I had heard that, or I saw something that said that like, this was his most personal movie to date or something like that, or self-reflective or something like that. And I was just like, okay, cool. I mean, I guess this is a movie that will probably speak to, a very select few but those few that it that it speaks to will probably love this i just uh i just couldn't get on board with it at all and i think that you know a big a big part of it is the performance art thing like i honestly find most performance art to be utterly ridiculous there's certain performance artists and performance art like specific pieces that i find fascinating like some of the Marina Abramovich stuff I think is really interesting especially that one where she had like it was like one of the older ones that she did where she had all the items on the table and then she just stood there all day and then people could just do whatever they wanted to her and she didn't did you you know which one I'm talking about no I never watched the documentary or whatever yeah she did this one crazy piece where she had all these things on a table, including a pistol with one bullet in it. And, uh, she just stood there and people who were coming to like the museum or whatever, uh, or the gallery could, could just come up and take whatever they wanted off the table and do whatever they wanted to her. Like draw on her, tickle her, kiss her, whatever, shoot her if they wanted but yeah, that so, so stuff like that, I think, is interesting. But when you're just making sounds with food. Yeah,
1: well, I think that's another thing, too, that it's two of my least favorite things. It's not only the performance art, which I'm not a fan of, is that I don't like that, uh, like, ambient oh, God, drone no. music stuff. I can't yeah. stand it. I don't know why you would want to listen to it. Yeah. I mean,
0: like I would, I'm one of those people that will say like, Oh yeah, anything can be music. But then I hear this and I'm like, that's not music. That's like, those are just like feedback loops. Like that's just feedback. That's all that is. It sounds horrible. And, and if the fact that it's so loud and prominent throughout the entire movie, it's just, it's so grating. Like I just, I hated it. Like frequencies, like, Oh, what did you, what does this food sound like? Like what frequency is this, is this, uh, this beetroot on when we blend it up? You know, it's like, I don't care. This is dumb.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No thanks. Just no thanks all around. I'm right there with you is that there's, there's a lot of movies that I dislike, you know, um, and the the tough thing about this movie is, like, in terms of direction, it's not good. No, bad. no. And, you know, and, it's and it looks good. It, it looks, looks good, good, yeah.
0: But I hated my life yeah. watching it. I hated it. And that's the thing, like, n- when you watch a Strickland movie, at the very least, it's going to look good visually. And, like, the cinematography is quite good in this as well. I love the title cards. I th- thought that they looked great. But it's just, uh, yeah, no. And then the whole like through line with the guy who was like documenting the residency and like how he had all kinds of issues like celiac disease but they didn't know it at the time. And he was like, so that there's this whole through line of him having lots of gas and like trying to figure out what was wrong with him. And then they incorporated that into the show. It's it's so funny. And I'll talk about this in just a bit. But I saw crimes of the future this week as well. And it was like the exact same. It was like the exact same plot. And I'll get into that in just a second. Was there anything else you wanted to add about flux gourmet?
1: Oh God. No, I never want to talk about this movie ever again.
0: All right, let's go ahead and give it a score. Uh, Unfortunately, this is just a one for me. Like I, I actively hated my, my time with this and I just don't want to go back to it again. Couldn't stand it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm a one too. Uh mostly because it's it's really, really hot out, you know? And mm-hmm. the whole time I was watching this I was thinking, man, I'd much rather be outside like cutting trees. <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah, just like cutting trees. Alright. Just doing yard work in like the hot, hot, humid sun. Well, I would well, rather yeah. risk I would rather risk a heat stroke mm. than watch this.
0: Well, I guess that says something.
1: That says something.
0: Uh, All right. So, like I said, I saw Crimes of the Future. Now, this is one that I was super amped up about. I was also really amped up about Flux Gourmet. But, uh, yeah, that one was a huge letdown, too. So this is Cronenberg, uh, David Cronenberg, coming back to the body horror genre at least that's what i thought i mean that's what it looks like when you see the trailer for this it's uh, yeah it looks
1: it, top of the line part
0: horror. yeah but it's not it's not really hard at all actually it's more sci-fi than anything i would say that it's closer to like existence than it is rabid or one of his earlier or, or even crash really i mean there's there's definitely actually there's a there's definitely it's a it's like a cross between Existence and crash. That's what it is, and so you have this kind of uh, near future where uh, p- there's like people who have these mutations where they grow extra organs inside of them, and you have Vigo Mortensen in here as a a performance artist who. suffers from this affliction where he grows extra organs. And then you um, have Leah Sadu, who is like his partner. And what she does during these performances is she uses a modified autopsy machine to perform surgery on him for these performances. And she, she like tattoos these, um, extra organs that grow inside of him before she extracts them. And that's like their sort of art. That's their performance art. And um, it's interesting. It certainly has a lot more to say than something like flux gourmet. Unfortunately, I just really could not get into it. Like visually it looked okay. Like there was some really, you know, the weird, very organic looking machinery that something like you would expect to see from existence, uh, very similar looking contraptions, but a lot of the effects work is like not very good. And yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess I was just a bit disappointed in the overall, the o- just the overall narrative of it. Like it sounds like it would be kind of interesting because it turns out that Vigo, is actually working with the the cops as an informer like so he he he's sort of infiltrating this world of like organ harvesting there's also like these uh sort of activist almost terrorist groups that that think that growing these organs is like the next step in evolution and so there's, there's just a lot going on but ultimately it just it's just kind of dry and just a lot of Vigo creeping around in like a black cloak, just constantly clearing his throat and coughing because the whole thing is he's like, he's sick all the time. So yeah, uh, Kristen Stewart's in here too. She's pretty good. Good performances all around, but yeah, unfortunately I just really wasn't into the overall narrative here.
1: Well, that's disappointing.
0: I mean, it was certainly better than Flux Gourmet, but...
1: It doesn't take much. Remember, Heatstroke.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. stroke is... I, I would be... I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on this, but I suspect that you're not going to be that into it. I'm probably not going
1: to watch it. Okay.
0: Uh, as far as, like, the body horror, it's very light. Um, okay. Yeah, there's, like, not a whole lot of... Sort of squirmy type body horror moments. Certainly not as much as Crash or really any of his other movies. Like there's there's some operating scenes, but they don't look very real. So, like it's not too bad. And and it it takes place in a future where people like don't feel pain. So, like the I don't know. It's just eh, mid, middle of the road for me. Hey.
1: Well, I went back to uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable from 2000. Keeping Night- the Shyamalan thing
0: going. Okay, so this is a rewatch for you. Is this a- so? This is, a this is a rewatch. I was, Watch I was, yeah.
1: I was very excited for this actually because I remember really, really liking this movie, and my wife has never seen it. And you know, we've been kind of on a M. Night Shyamalan kick lately, mm-hmm. or at least just going through his uh, filmography. And uh, so I was pretty excited to go back and see how this one plays out. Because also, it's been enough times past that I don't remember a lot of it. Like, I remember the, you know, the main stuff, obviously. But the majority of the movie, I don't remember. So it's almost like watching it with fresh eyes. And uh, I gotta say, it holds up. I really enjoy this movie. Uh, it's just a really simple, simple story that he used to do so well where he's just there's something about like the wholesomeness of his films and i think this is just a great one of like the whole idea you know the the very american feeling uh well maybe it is in other countries too but like how your dad's a superhero Mm. and your Mm -hmm. dad's just like the best and no one can beat him and just the way that it plays out here
0: so Uh, yeah i I was not disappointed I like this I like this more than Sixth Sense. I mean everybody Mm-mm, Yeah. Everybody looks at Sixth Sense as like the go to, but I actually like Unbreakable I liked Sixth Sense, but
1: I like think Sixth thing... Sense
0: too, but it it relies too much on that that twist,
1: I think. Yeah, where here exa- it's that's just it. this yep. is just a great story.
0: That's exactly what I was gonna say. Was that after you know the twist in Sixth Sense, like it, it the movie kinda loses its luster a little bit. Yeah, cuz it kind of it
1: it relies too a bit too much on like a novelty. Whereas
0: Unbreakable, yeah. you do have a fun twist in there, but it's just still from start to finish like you can go back and rewatch Unbreakable and still get a lot of entertainment value out of it. And it just it works
1: in so many different ways. A, like I said, the whole the whole, you know, my dad's the best, he's a superhero type thing, no one can beat my dad. Uh, it works great as a origin story of a superhero where he's just like kind of figuring this stuff out on his own. And then it does have like a little bit of a twist to it, but it obviously doesn't rely upon that. It's just more of kind of like an exclamation point.
0: I have not seen Glass. I heard not Me either things.
1: I know, but I am kind of after... Rewatching this, I'm kind of.
0: I might do it. I like Split, so. I I do want to see Glass. I just haven't got around to it yet. Maybe maybe you and I can coordinate. We can watch it in the same week.
1: Yeah, we can. We
0: might have to do that. Uh, all right. Let's see. I I saw. I actually, saw a decent number of things this week for once. I saw Beavis and Butthead do the universe, which is a movie that I didn't even know existed until the day it came out. I literally had no idea that this was a thing until it came out. Now this is on Paramount plus. So if you have Paramount plus, you can watch it on there. It it's only on there, I believe. And the thing about it is it feels like an actual movie. It like, and by that, I mean, like, they have, they released all those South Park specials, like the pandemic specials and all of that stuff. And those just feel like episodes of South Park. Like, there's nothing about them that, it, that, that elevates them above just a regular episode of South Park, but just longer. With Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe, the production quality, like the animation quality, is very high. Like, it looks really good. It looks like um, the, the last movie, Beavis and Butthead do America now full disclosure I was not super into Beavis and Butthead growing up a lot of people our age were really into Beavis and Butthead they loved it yeah now were you I take it you you weren't right no no I did not they annoyed the hell out of me yeah the tv show especially was really annoying really really annoying and the thing the thing is, like I remember when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead, but occasionally I would like kind of sneak sneak it on. And I remember because because everybody in our class loved it and just would always do the impressions and talk about it and stuff. So it was one of those things where like I felt like I was supposed to like it, so I watched it, mm-hmm. but I was just never that into it. I do remember the movie when that came out. I remember seeing the movie and thinking that it was significantly better than the show. And this movie is uh it's actually not too bad. It's pretty damn funny. Obviously, the humor is very lowbrow, but the premise here is that Beavis and Butthead get uh through a ridiculous series of events, they go to space camp. And they get picked to go into space and help, like, with this, like, d- dock this the space shuttle to this, like, satellite or something. And, of course, they screw it up. They end up getting sucked into a black hole and transported from 1998 to 2022. So you have this kind of fish-out-of-water thing where it's these characters from 1998 Dealing with the the climate, the social climate of 2022, and that's just kind of funny. Like that's I wish. In fact, if I have one major criticism, I feel like they just didn't do enough with that because I feel like there's a lot different now than in 1998 with Beavis and Butthead. You know, correctness wise. Yeah. So. It's a, it's a pretty funny premise and, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It, it, it's so weird because so much time has passed since we've seen them last and yet the animation style is the exact same. I mean, like you could probably put them side by side, not necessarily the show, but definitely the movie, the last movie, uh, Mike judge comes back and does like all the characters, and he still has the voice. Like, the characters sound the exact same. Gary Cole is in here and does a bunch of voices. Um, Nat Faction also. So it's like, uh, I, I don't know, I'd give it a light recommend. I mean, certainly, if you were a fan of Beavis and Budhead growing up, you should check this out. But even if you're someone like me who didn't really like them or found them annoying, I think that they're still... Some nostalgia here And it, it's actually pretty funny Like it's legitimately funny So yeah, light recommend
1: Get out of here Incredible
0: Ooh, that's a nice segue Incredible Because the
1: other movie I watched is The Incredible Melting Man This mm. is from uh, 1977 William Sachs This is on Amazon Prime My wife found this And just thought it looked like the funniest thing in the world So I'm
0: down 'Cause it's just the guy that's melting. This was um this was a mystery science theater three thousand. hundred percent it was. True. Sure I remember buddy. this. I remember this. <laughs> so the interesting thing is is
1: reading about this movie is it was meant to be a like a satire, like a comedy. But I guess like once they, they saw it, they're like, Oh, let's make this a horror movie. So they cut out all the all the comedy stuff and like you can kind of tell while you're watching it because like the tone of it just feels off because mm. some of it like some of the, the side character stuff where the the incredible Melty man isn't there they're just kind of like bantering stuff, and stuff and you kind of get the sense that it feels like a comedic movie but then a lot of the other times they're playing it straight and they're trying to be serious and you're just like I, I'm not exactly sure what the fuck is going on with this movie But uh, he's a melting man he's an astronaut he was in space there was a solar flare through the rings of Saturn which killed everyone except for him god knows how he made it back to Earth but he did from Saturn even though it like knocked him out and now he's melting but just forget all that but he just wakes up he takes off his bandages he's like ah fuck I'm melting this sucks and then he just decides that he has to eat people Freddy food knows why nothing's ever explained, but the when this movie is bad It's phenomenal Like in that opening scene where he discovers that he's like oh shit. I'm melting fuck this He starts smashing stuff the nurse comes back. and She's like oh god. No and runs out and he chases her and it's this like extended sequence of her running in slow-mo screaming down a long hallway And the way it's set up, you're like, oh, well, surely she's being chased by the incredible fucking melting man. Gotta be. And then, like, she kind of drifts off to the side, and you can see what's behind her down this long hallway, and there's absolutely nothing. (laughs) She's just running and screaming, and there's nothing there. And for a split second, you're just like, what the fuck? This don't make sense. And then in that instance... Smash cut to her running through a plate glass door for no reason. Just straight through the door. Just straight through the glass. Out into the street. And the incredible melting Man's right behind her. And of course eats her at some point. And he just continues to eat people. But uh, the unfortunate thing about this is uh, the majority of this movie, like the, the, the middle section, the vast majority of it, is just a guy with... I'll give it to them. The The effects are pretty great. He does melt. He's constantly melting. It looks disgusting. It looks good. But it's just him, like, stumbling around, like, in the woods or the desert or in the woods. It's just him walking around. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, 75% of the movie is that. But at the end, someone is thrown onto some electrical wires. And it looks like they used a dummy that was just full of fireworks.
0: And it was incredible, nice to watch. So I guess you. So I guess if you want to check out a movie involving melting people, you should check out Body Melt instead. Yeah, Body Melt is a lot better. Body Melt's a lot better. I love Body Melt. Body Melt's Uh, so good. All right, I saw Cruella. Uh, the reason for this is because my dad wanted me to watch it. Is for some reason he really likes it. So, okay. interesting. Because well, specifically,
1: you made him sit through crimes, of, crimes in the future. Yeah, crimes of the future.
0: Well, I guess, I guess more than anything, he just wanted to rewatch it, and he knew that my wife didn't see it, and she wanted to see it. So, that's ultimately why. I actually don't think I played a part in the decision at all. Um. So this is directed by uh, Craig gillespie uh the the weird thing about this movie is that it looks way better than it has any right to be like this movie visually is phenomenal like the cinematography that they employ here like they use some really artistic incredible shots like there's these wild tracking shots and then on top of that you have some of the best costuming I've seen in a movie in a long time. Uh, you have incredible set design, production design. It's, it takes place in London in, in the seventies. And so you have this sort of like high fashion slash like trash punk element to it. And uh, so it, it's, it's incredible. Like it just looks so good. I cannot Tell you enough about how what like a visual feast this movie is. the The narrative, like the story, it's whatever. It it feels like I don't know. I saw somebody comparing it to the Joker, which I guess you could say. um, Emma Stone plays Cruella Deville, and she, you know, gets gets a job in this like department store, and then works her way up to working for this like big time fashion. Designer played by Emma Thompson, and she's like treats her like crap, and it's like a whole thing. But you also have Paul Walter Hauser as uh, Horace, and he's great. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of liked it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't horrible, it wasn't great. It's almost worth seeing just for the visuals alone.
1: Incredible! Who knew, who knew? Yeah,
0: who I mean, knew? again, didn't love it was certainly way better than I thought it would be. Just because like, I've, no, I've disliked almost every live-action Disney movie for the last like three or four years or something. I liked the Jungle Book one, but that was it. Um, I have another one if you're, if you're done. I'm done. Okay. The last one that I'll mention, this is going to be really brief because this is also a nothing burger of a, a movie. It's, uh, a, it's called Abandoned. This came out on VOD this weekend. It's directed by Spencer Squire. Uh, so this is a haunted house, uh, supernatural horror movie. It stars Emma Roberts, John Gallagher Jr. as a young couple with a newborn baby. They move into this house and they know that the house was the site of a grisly murder that took place. Uh, and Emma Roberts, who is suffering from postpartum depression, starts to see some strange things in the house, and then it escalates from there. So you have this whole, like, is she crazy, or is there something going on, that type of thing. And then on top of that, you have Michael Shannon in here as this, this weirdo neighbor who just, like, appears out of nowhere at the most convenient times. So, you know, that there's like something up with him and then you find out more about the family who lived there and the murders and what happened. And it um, it goes exactly to where you would expect it to go. If you've seen movies like this before, it's super predictable. Nothing about it is scary. Like there's just there's nothing. There's some really cheap jump scares in here that don't work at all. Uh, it's a shame. I like I like everybody in here, really. But they're just, um, I don't want to say they're underutilized, but just like, it's not a very interesting role for any of them. Yeah. And ultimately the movie itself is just pretty bland and boring and very, just very forgettable. So I cannot recommend abandoned because like, honestly, you'll figure out what, what's up with this movie, like five minutes in. So then the rest of the, the time you're just waiting for it to play out.
1: Yeah. Sounds like a movie that's been made, like, 79 times over the last how many years?
0: Feels like we get, yeah, like,
1: it, nine of these a year.
0: Yeah, like, the, the horror elements are just, they're so bad. They're either false jump scares, yes. or they're like, oh, she saw a ghost for, like, a split second. Like, there's no, like, there's a couple set pieces, but they're all, like, not good at all. It's so... Yeah. And then, of course, it's all just like everything, everything's like symbolism and stuff. And it's just none of none of it works. So yeah.
1: everything's symbolism. I just want a movie in a house and there's actual demons, and the demons are just fucking going nuts.
0: That's They're what just I want.
1: It's just little fucking goblins.
0: Not doing everything. Shit. Yeah. Not everything has to represent mental illness or addiction or whatever. Like, yeah. We, we've we seen that before. How about a movie where it's just a grizzly murder took place in the house, and now the house is haunted. Yeah. And there's a weirdo neighbor, and you don't know if it's ghosts or him or what. Yeah. And maybe there's goblins. Or goblins. Maybe it's there's a portal. A portal situation, like in the basement or behind the bookcase or something, where, the, where there's goblins coming through the portal.
1: There, yeah. There's definitely a dearth of portals. In movies. We need more portals. We need more goblins. More portals. I wanna see more just
0: like Satan himself. We just need more movies like The Japanese House and The American House. Both both of those. Yeah. I just yeah. I just wanna get back to
1: really no symbolism. But if you have it, it's wild. You know, just go nuts with it. I really don't need the the woman's crazy. She has or postpartum she, depression. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. At least she has a a partner this time. You know, usually it's just a single mom moved into a well, house she, with her son.
0: Yeah, I mean, she might as well be because the John Gallagher Jr. contributes nothing to the movie at all. Like, Most of the time, most of the scenes are him visiting farms and like killing pigs because he's a vet. He's a vet and he has to like put down some sick pig. See, that'd be great if it was ghost pigs. Mm. Come come back
1: because people don't realize this. Pigs will fuck you up. They fucking eat you. Could you imagine ghost pigs eating you? Little Little goblin pigs. There's, a,
0: there's your fucking
1: movie. A portal with goblin pigs.
0: Hell yeah. Alright, let's see what we have in theaters this week. We got Minions, The Rise of Gru coming out. They uh, still, they keep, they keep making these. So it's, I guess it started with Despicable Me. Right? And then the Minions were so popular amongst small children that they just they sort of took over. The funny thing is, is I, I don't know if it's small children.
1: I, the, you like, think it's adults? Yeah. that like, or, or you... <laughs> out of my own personal experience, the people that I've seen being really into minions are people that are not
0: toddlers. They're full grown adults. I don't get it, dude. Ryan. And I, I'm going to ask him about this. I don't know if you noticed, but Ryan has multiple minions, like toys in his house. Yeah.
1: He's a 40-year-old man. There's a, minions have a fucking stranglehold on middle-aged people.
0: I don't know why. <laughs> it's the dumbest It's the dumbest shit. I mean, I saw the first Despicable Me movie. That's the only one I saw. It's the only one I need to see. The minions are the most annoying, mm-hmm. dumb shit characters. Correct. There's no point. They're, like, they're, they're, not, they're not funny. They're not endearing. They're just annoying. They're stupid. I mean, I get why like little kids might like them because you know they make goofy noises and they look silly. I'm gonna have to ask. Her. I'm again, gonna have to ask again. Her, Ryan. Personal experience. I've never seen a kid in *Dominions*.
1: I've only seen people like 30 years or older <laughs> in *Dominions*. That's it. It's
0: so weird, man. I don't get it. I really, I really don't get it. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it as far as theaters. On VOD, let's see. On the 27th, we have Blasted, and that's going to be on Netflix. I think that's like a sci-fi comedy or something. Then on the 28th, we have Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone. We have Dula. We have Endangered. That's going to be on HBO Max. And then on July 1st, we have hot seat Rubicon. That's a, I think a sci-fi horror movie. We have sniper, the white Raven, which I don't think is, is it a part of this related. Part, it's not a part of the sniper series. I don't think so. I think this one is actually from a different country. This is a Ukrainian uh, film. So yeah, I don't, I don't, Think it's the same? I mean, maybe a name only. We have code name Banshee with Antonio Banderas. We have Accepted. Uh, it's a documentary about getting into college, I think. Mm. And it looks like that's about it for VOD on Blu-ray this week. We have Out of Sight from 1998 coming out in 4K. I'd like to revisit this because I really liked this movie when I was younger, and I'd I'd be curious to 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 see how I feel about it now.
1: I'm, I, I'm interested in doing this as well. Because I was on the flip side. I did not oh, like, you didn't the, like it. I did not like this movie at all.
0: Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, we have Killer's Kiss from 1955. That's going to be on 4K as well. Uh, True Romance from 1993 is coming out on Arrow. And this is going to have multiple editions. Including a 4K HDR version. Fantastic Beasts: The Secret Secrets of Dumbledore coming out. Uh, we have the the films of Doris Wishman: the Twilight Years. That's going to be an AGFA release. All right. Uh, includes a whole bunch of titles: Double Agent Seventy Three, The Immoral Three, The Amazing Transplant, Let Me Die a Woman. Keyholes are for peeping. Uh, let's see, Horlem Knights* from 1989. Oh, nice. Is, uh, Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor never saw this. Actually, Got a hell of a cast. Yeah, so I, it's been. This has been uh, on my list forever. The Coca-Cola Kid from 1985 and Buster Keaton rides again. This is a collection of. Uh oh no, it's maybe just two movies. Yeah. It's Buster Keaton rides again in Helicopter Canada, I guess. First Wives Club is getting a re-release on this Paramount collectors series or whatever it is. Uh, Boomerang from 1992 coming out. Inspector Ike. We got uh, Mardi Gras Massacre from 1978. No Resistance from 1994. Is that like a sci-fi horror movie or something. Looks like Uzumaki. From the year two thousand, how about that? Yeah, that'd be nice if there was a King of the Hill cut. <laughs> oh, those are hilarious. By the way, if, <laughs> if you're not familiar, there's an artist on Twitter who is he he redoes Uzumaki, uh, Ito's Uzumaki in with King of the Hill characters, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, it's bringing me so much Julie. What do you know? Do you know the the name of this person off the top of your head? I don't, unfortunately. Just search for it. I'm sure it'll it'll pop up. Uh, hey, stop stabbing me! From 2003, Severin Films is releasing this. Have to keep that on my radar. Videophobia from 2019. The 2022 version of Firestarter, which I heard is really bad, is coming out. Yeah. Uh, video violence and video violence two. These are these are. I saw. I think the first video violence. It's a. It's about a husband and wife. They open up a video store, and um, and they find out that the people are only renting horror movies, and it's it's a. Uh, I think that it was actually shot on VHS, if I remember correctly, and that's why I sought it out because I had a little phase there where I was trying to. Seek out all the SOV movies. Out of Order from 1984, coming out in 4K. King Car from last year. Air Doll from 2009. Uh, Let's see, we got... See For Me. uh, R Noir, which is not the documentary. It's actually like a fictionalized, I think it's like an anthology movie that's sort of inspired by the documentary okay, gotcha. So it's sort of, it's sort of like a new, like a new tales from the hood or something. yeah. I remember I like I started watching it, but I really didn't like it, so I turned it off.: Oh, no. Uh, what about criterions this week? I've got two. The first one is the worst person in the world.
1: you know, that movie from just a couple years ago that everyone: yeah, was
0: that's fucking eight What: a t- What a turnaround. What a turnaround This I really like this movie a lot, by the way. Well, good for you, because no one cares about that one. We only care about the other one that's coming out, and
1: that's Pink Flamingos. Oh yeah,
0: hell yeah! Now, what I want to know is what what we're looking at as far as bonus content on this bad boy. Uh,
1: you got a tour of the
0: film's Baltimore locations led
1: by John Waters, so that's something. You got a new. Con- Those are great. You got a new conversation between John Waters and Jim Jarmusch. Yes. You got two audio commentaries. Got a 98 documentary called Divine Trash.
0: I saw that documentary. It's quite good. And
1: then, of course, you got that new 4K digital restoration. That's really the cool. only
0: reason that I would go back to watch Pink Flamingos again would be for one of those commentary tracks. Oh, definitely. Because like I don't I usually don't go for commentary tracks, but if it's John Waters, yeah. yeah you better believe it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I could it could yeah it could literally be any, any movie it could be Fantastic Beasts The Secrets of Dumbledore yeah. and, I'll be, and I'll be listening to the John Waters commentary track on that I, I do the hit TV show Friends <laughs> Friends commentary yeah. John Waters that's the only way uh, I would watch that show I hate that fucking show so much well I'm not a I'm not a big fan of it either all right uh, I think it's gonna do it for this week thank you so much for listening you can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net follow us on twitter at filmpulse and at filmpulse kevin and if you have a minute consider giving us a review on itunes that would be very much appreciated for kevin rakeshaw my name is adam patterson we'll see you next week